and the message that I would like to share with you all is is God's delay is not his denial amen God's delay sometimes we wonder why God being such a good God is um, not understanding my situation is not trying to help me you know we, we, we question God and we wonder God gave us such wonderful promises and why God is delaying his promises and plans for our lives amen so God has given us wonderful promises not only me but every one of us individually God has given promises and his promises are the same for every child of God if you go to Jeremiah chapter 29 Verse 11, it says, God has plans, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Amen. So that is the plan of God for our lives, for every child of God. That is a plan to prosper, a plan to give us a hope and a future. Amen. But the plans of the enemy is to come, steal, kill and destroy. That's what Jesus said. If you go to John chapter 10 verse 10, it says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come so that they might have an abundant life. What do you mean by an abundant life? Abundant life is a life filled with peace, a life filled with joy, health, happiness, amen, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because joy of the Lord is our strength. But unfortunately, many Christians are not experiencing the life Christ came to give us. And we wonder what's going on and we question God. Lord, you have given me this promise and what's going on? It's, why is it taking so long? Why are those promises and plans for my life not fulfilled? And we give up on God. And we say God is not answering. God is not listening. God is delaying. But remember, as my title says, God's delay is not God's denial. God is a promise-keeping God. He's the same God. Amen. He's the same God of the Old Testament. He's the same God of the New Testament. And He's the same God who will never change. And His promises will never change. If we go to uh, Psalms chapter 145 and verses, let's go to Psalms 145 and verse 13. It says, For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. So what does it say? The Lord always keeps his promises. Amen. Man makes promises and forgets. But God makes his promises and he keeps his promises. Because the promise keeping God. And that's what his word says. I remember my mom would always tell me this quote. Man gets, gets and forgets, but God gives, gives and forgives. Amen. That's how good our God is. He forgets, he, he forgives and he fulfills the plans for our life because he's a promise-keeping God. Again, as per his word, if you go to Numbers chapter 23 and if you go to verse 19, it says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? So he's questioning the Israelites. God already made a promise that he's going to take them to the promised land. But the children of Israel still doubted God. And that is what he's saying. I'm a promise-keeping God. What is that that is putting a doubt in your mind? You have seen the great miracles I've done. You have seen... I've divided the Red Sea. I provided you food in the desert, water in the desert from the rock. You, you saw the great miracles are dead and still you question me and you think that God is not doing anything. And that's, many, that's how many Christians are. We, we think that delay is happening because God has forgotten. God has forgotten. That's the reason there's, there's a long delay. But we forget that God's delay is not God's denial. God is delaying because he wants us to go through a process of waiting. Amen. Because it's during the season of waiting is where our faith is tested and our character is built. 
Amen. People don't want to wait on God. You know, they, they want God to work like an instant noodle. Yesterday I was sharing with my aunt when we went out to eat. And um, I was telling her because she, you know, sometimes we want things instantly. We want God to answer it right away. But I said God doesn't work like a microwave. That you put your prayers and God takes care. I mean, God answers right away. It doesn't work like that with God. God has his own timing. God works according to his timetable, according to his timings. And we have to also wait on God's timing because God's timings are perfect. Amen. God's timing are always perfect. He always comes through at the right time. But many Christians, they give up hope on God because the plans and the purposes of God for our life is not fulfilled according to our timing. And that is when we give up on God. But we forget that God's delay, as I said, is a process. He allows us to go through a delay. He allows us to wait on Him because in the process of waiting is where our faith in God is tested. He tests our faith. I mean, Jesus, the Son of God Himself, couldn't ex uh, escape testing. If you remember, He was right away after He was baptized, He was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights without food and water. That is exactly the time when the Satan came and tempted Him. But Jesus rebuked. And every time, I'm, I'm sure God was watching Jesus' response to Satan. And He never gave in. So God allows us to go through a season of wilderness because He allowed His Son to go through a season of wilderness. Amen. And that is the time of testing. God is testing our faith. Are we going to stand strong in the Lord? He allows the enemy to come and tempt us. Look at Jesus. God allowed Satan to come close to Jesus and to tempt him. So you can imagine uh, how to what level Jesus had to go through testing. And it happened in the wilderness. Amen. So God allows us to wait because it's in the process of waiting on God is where our faith is tested. And secondly, our character is built in the process of waiting on God. Our character is built. We are strengthened in the Lord because we are waiting on His timing. We are not waiting and trusting in our timing. A very good example is Joseph. Joseph was thrown in the prison for no fault of his. And he was in the prison because he trusted God. He feared God. And that is the reason he ran for his life when Potiphar's wife was trying to entice him. He said, I cannot do this against my master and I cannot do this against my God. So he feared God. He never wanted to disappoint God. And that's the reason he ran for his life. And even after he did that, he was still thrown in the prison with false accusations upon him. And it was an unjust uh, reason that he was in the prison. And I'm sure Joseph might have cried out to God many times, Lord, why am I in the prison while I'm doing what you're calling me to do? You know, I loved you, I feared you, and I ran from Potiphar's wife. Instead of you blessing me, here I am in the prison. Amen. And that is where, you know, that is how many Christians do, you know, we, we cry out. But if you see about Joseph, he never gave up on God. He never gave up on God. God gave him a plan. God had a plan for Joseph's life. God had a purpose for Joseph's life. And God showed what plan he had for Joseph in Joseph's dream. God revealed his plan in his dream. If you go to Genesis chapter 37 and verses from 5 to 11. It says, one night Joseph had a dream and he, when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the fields tying up bundles of grain Suddenly my bundles stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, So you think you will be our king, do you? 
Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Amen. So God gave his plan already to Joseph in his dream. Joseph knew that this is the future, that I am going to rule over my brothers. I might become a king and rule over my brothers. So he knew the plans that God had for his life. Amen. God reveals his plans to some of his children through dreams and visions and through his word. He reveals his plans. And that is what happened with Joseph. And he knew what his plan, God's plan was for his life. And because of his dreams and the revelation of his dreams, his brothers started hating him. And they hated him so much to the point that they wanted to get rid of him. They wanted to kill him. And that is when they sold him as a slave to the Egyptians. And in Egypt, he ended up in the house of a Potiphar, the next commanding chief to the king of Egypt. Amen. And he was thrown in the prison. And he cried out to God. I'm sure he had cried out to God. Lord, you had a plan for my life. You showed me that in my dream. And here I am in the prison. This is so unfair, God. Amen. This is so unfair. But it says that God was with him because he loved God and he never gave up on God. If you go to the same chapter, Genesis 37 and verse 28, it says, So when the Ishmaelites who were Medina traders came by brothers, Joseph's brothers, pulled him out of the cistern and sold him there. For uh, It talks about the way he was sold. But if you go to this, uh, Genesis, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 39 and verses from 21, it says, But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison wardens. Amen. So he's saying, it says that the Lord was with Joseph. Amen. That is more important, church. That the Lord is always going to be with us. No matter in whatever situation, no matter in whatever circumstances we are in, we have to keep God with us. God should be with us. That's the most important thing. And God was with Joseph because of Joseph's love for God and Joseph's faithfulness in walking with God. And it says in the same chapter, verse 23, the warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. Amen. Caused everything that Joseph did to succeed. Joseph became a successful man in the prison. Why? It's because God was with him. Amen. When God is with you, church, you are always going to be successful in everything that you do. Remember that. Success doesn't come from our education. Success doesn't come from our qualification. Success comes from God. Blessings comes from God. Favor comes from God. Provision comes from God. Promotion comes from God. Healing, health, everything in our life comes from God. And what it, it is so important to keep God close to us. And God, it says that God was close to Joseph. The reason why God was close to Joseph was, remember, Joseph feared God. If you go to uh, Psalms 145 and verses from 18, Psalms 145 verses from 18 and 19, it says, The Lord is close to all who call on Him. Yes, to all who call on Him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear Him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. Amen. So God is close to those who call on Him. And He grants their desires, those who fear Him. So Joseph had those two qualities. He feared God. And he cried out to God and he loved God. Because of those qualities, it says that God was with Joseph in the prison. And because of the closeness with God, he was successful. Amen. So these are the qualities that pleases God. The fear of God, 
brings wisdom. The love of God brings us close to Him. And when He's close to us, we're going to experience success in our relationships, success in our health, success in our business, success in every area of our lives. Because remember, success comes from God. Amen. Success comes from God. So while waiting in prison, he was faithful to God. And because of that, God was with him. And he was a successful child of God. Amen. But many Christians, when we, throw, when we are thrown into the prison, into situations where we are in prison, instead of being faithful to God, instead of fearing God, we just give up on God. And we wonder why God has not fulfilled the plan for my life. Why God is delaying the plan He has for my life. Many Christians do that. Why am I in this prison? I don't deserve this. Why am I going through a jail time? I don't deserve this. But it is so important, church, that we go through a season of wilderness. Because in the season of wilderness, God is teaching us something. God is teaching us to humble ourselves. God is teaching us to depend on Him. God is teaching us to show us that He is the source of all success and blessings in our life. Amen. So while He was waiting, He was walking with God. It says, if you go to Isaiah chapter 40 and verse uh, 31, I believe it's 30. So Isaiah 40 and 30 says, Even the youth will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Amen. That's the promise of God. For those who wait upon God. When you're waiting on God, these are the things that take place. It says that Lord will fill us with new strength. And we'll be like the eagles that never grow weary. We'll walk and we will run and we will not feel weary. We will walk and we will not faint. Amen. Whatever your age might be. You might be in your 80s or 90s or 100. The word of God says that those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength and will be mounting up like eagles. Whereas the young will faint, will get tired and fall in exhaustion. So he's comparing the youth with the seniors. And he's saying that though whatever your age might be, but those who wait on the Lord. Amen. Those who wait on their own understanding are always going to experience uh, you know, weakness. But those who are waiting on God will never experience any weakness. I remember I received a call this week from a sister and she's going through a weakness in her body every time. And I told her, you need to stop focusing on the problem, sister. You need to start focusing on Jesus. You need to strengthen yourself. You have to wait on God. The only problem, she's going through depression, anxiety, is because God promised me and God has not yet fulfilled his promise, Sister Sheba. I'm waiting. It's been almost years and years. <coughs> and God has not fulfilled that promise. God has not fulfilled that promise. And I'm so disappointed with God to the point that I just want to give up on God. And that's the condition of not just the sister, but many Christians, they are not willing to wait upon God. Amen. They're not willing to wait upon God and they just want to give up on God because the worldly things becomes takes the priority in their life more than putting God first. Loving God, fearing God is so important. And with fear, we want things of this world. We want to enjoy the pleasures of this world. And we expect God to fulfill those desires right away. And we are not willing to wait upon Him. And then we start grumbling at God. And that is why we never experience the blessings that God has for our lives, the plans and the purposes of God in our life. Israelites did the same thing. God gave them a word, a promise, a promised land for them. 
a land filled with milk and honey. And they couldn't reach the promised land because they were not willing to surrender to God in the wilderness. God was testing their faith all through those 40 years of wilderness. And they were rejecting God. They were not humbling. They were not walking faithfully in obedience to God. And that's the reason the beautiful plan and the purpose and the land that God had for them, they couldn't reach. And they all perished in the wilderness. And that is the condition of many Christians. God has a promised land for each one of us. But unfortunately, we are not walking faithfully in fear and obedience to God. That's the reason many of us, we are not reached the promised land. Many still think that we have reached the promised land. And they think that the problem is solved. And they give up on God. And they think that, you know, what we wanted, we received it and we don't need God anymore. And this is all is enough for us. And they don't want to come to church. They just give up on God. And that is when the problems get more intense. Because we are opening ourselves to the enemy to come and steal, kill and destroy. As said, Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. He comes to steal our peace. He comes to steal our marriages. He comes to steal our, our health. He comes to steal our finances. He comes to steal our relationship, our walk with God, our faith with God. He comes to steal everything in our life that God is so concerned about because He has a promised land and He wants every child of God to reach there. And it all depends on us that we don't give up on God just because it's taking time. God has not answered that prayer and it's taking time. Looks like God has forgotten and they give up on God and they never reach the promised land. So if you go to Isaiah 40, 31, he's saying that those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. It's in, it's, why is he telling us to wait? Because, because it's in the season of waiting, you're putting all your focus on God and you're waiting on His timing. Amen. If you remember when Moses was pushed in a situation where there was a Red Sea in front of him, and the Egyptian army behind him, he had nowhere to escape. And that is when he realized that he can't do nothing anymore. That is when he cried out to God. And he waited on God's instruction. And because he waited on God's instruction, God gave him a specific word to uh, raise his rod, the, the stock, and to divide the Red Sea. So God gives us instructions when we wait on, his, wait on him. Amen. So waiting is important because in waiting, you are recharged. You are recharged. You, you are strengthened. You are strengthened spiritually. If I mean, A very good example is a phone. Uh, last night, I kept my phone for charging and the phone was not plugged into the charger properly and it didn't charge the phone though it was uh, on the charger for almost all through the night but in the morning it was not fully charged and it died down why was it not charged was because it was not getting enough energy amen and that is how our life is when we are not connected to the right outlet that provides energy when we are not connected to God we'll never experience the power in our life strength comes from God and if you see the phone when it is plugged in it does nothing when it's charging but if it's working if you're using your phone while it's charging it takes a long time the charging takes a long time because you're doing a lot of things on your phone but if you just leave the phone and allow it to charge without disturbing the phone the charging is done immediately, in a couple of minutes, probably in 15-20 in minutes. The phone is fully charged because the phone is resting, is resting, is resting to get energy. So the more you wait on God, you're resting on God. And that when you're resting on God, when you're waiting on God, that is when 
you get strength from. We are recharged like the telephone. Amen. Spending time in the presence of God, we are being recharged because the source of our strength comes from God, church. The source of our strength doesn't come from the doctors. The source of our strength doesn't come from the money, the bank balance we have. The source of our strength doesn't come from any multivitamins that we might be taking. But our source comes from God. He gives us the strength to carry on. Amen. So waiting helps us to get recharged. Helps us to get refreshed. Helps us to give us the energy to carry on with the work that we have in front of us. That's the reason the word says, be still and know that I am God. What is God telling the Israelites? Be still. Just be still. Don't do nothing. Just be still in my presence. And know that I am God. You have to know who, you, who your God is. How can you know God? By reading his word. By spending time in meditating in his word. By spending time praying to him. Asking for his intervention. And you will experience God close to you. Amen. So he's telling them to relax. And as you're relaxing, get to know me. Get to know God. Amen. Because when you get to know God, you're strengthened. And when you have the strength, you can carry on and fight the battle. Without the strength of God, you cannot fight any battles in your life. Because we are spirit beings. We are created in God's image. God created us. And He knows His creation. And we as his creation, we can get our energy only from God. Because everything he has created depends on him. We are strengthened only through, through God by waiting on him, by, by resting on him. Amen. So waiting means trusting in God's timing. And his timings are always perfect, church. Remember that. His timings are always perfect. It might not be according to our timings, but God's timings are always perfect. It might take many years for God to answer our prayers, for God to fulfill the plans. It might take a while, but remember that God's timing are always perfect. It says in Psalms chapter 37 and verses from 7 to 8, Psalms 37, 7 to 8, it says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Amen. So He's telling to be still in the presence of God and don't fret when people prosper. <coughs> and that is what we do when we see people around us prospering. Uh, you know, living a luxurious life and they're living in sin and they're not walking faithfully with God and yet they're being blessed and we question ourselves, we question God and we're not willing to wait and we fall into deception of the enemy and we give up on God. But look at what the psalmist is saying, rest in the Lord, wait patiently for Him to act. So he's telling Wait for God to act. You don't go ahead and act. You don't make any decisions. Wait on God. Let Him act for you. And, and many Christians, they, they, they don't uh, think before they act. Is it going to uh, be good in the long run? Should I go ahead with this? They don't want to think before they act. And that is when they get into troubles. And if you see, the, the word clearly says in Proverbs 3.5, Lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord and He will make your path straight. Amen. So, we should not trust in our understanding. We have to wait upon Him. We have to allow God to act on our behalf. And don't worry when evil people prosper. Remember that. Evil people will prosper. They are here today and tomorrow they are gone. Because their source is the devil. That's the reason they are prospering. Because Satan of this world has deceived them. 
But God, when you wait upon God, the blessings are so delightful. He not only blesses us uh, with worldly desires, but also He will bless our spiritual walk with Him. Amen. So we are called to rest and wait for Him. Sometimes we become so impatient with others, but when others are prospering and we're still stuck in the same place and we try to make decisions in our own understanding without waiting on God and that is when we encounter problems after problems. A very good example is Sarah, Abraham's wife Sarah. She was so desperate to have a child that she pushed her husband to sleep with, his, with her maid and she bore a child, Ishmael. <clears throat> and if you see the current situation that's happening in Taliban, they are the generations of Hagar. The mistake that Sarah committed and we are facing the consequences of a wrong decision that she made. God already gave a word to Sarah that she's going to have a child. And because it was taking so long, she decided to act and use her wisdom. And she didn't trust God. She didn't wait on God's timing. And she pushed her husband to sleep with this woman. And today, we are struggling. Your wrong decisions can affect from generations to generations to come. So we have to be careful that we don't fall in the deception of the enemy, but to wait on God, to wait on His timing. Amen. Sarah became impatient because of her age. She said, oh, I'm growing old. I'm 99. I'm growing old. And I don't think that I will ever have a child. She saw the limitations. She was looking at her situation, not in the spiritual realm, but from a physical realm. And that is what it deceived. We have to take control of our flesh. We should know when to control our fleshly desires. That's the reason he's saying that lean not on your own understanding. I mean, it's better to always trust in the Lord because when we trust in God, God will always come through no matter how long it may look like, but God will always come through because you're waiting on Him. You're putting all your trust on Him. Amen. And if you see the example of Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, it says that she was 64 years old and yet she did not doubt about God's promise of having a child. She never doubted. God made a promise through the angel that Elizabeth is going to have a child, John the Baptist. She could have laughed like Sarah, but she didn't laugh. She, she was excited. It says that she rejoiced when she got the message that she's going to have a child. And she said, 64 years old, I'm a grandmother already. How in the world can I have a child at this age? But she never doubted. She never questioned God. But she rejoiced in God. And God blessed her. Amen. God fulfilled the promise that God had for Elizabeth. Because she waited patiently for the promise to take place. Amen. Look at the patience and a consistent walk of Joshua and Caleb. They knew that God promised them a land flowing with milk and honey and they were never tired from walking with God. They were the only two who made it to the promised land. The rest of the Israelites never made it to the promised land because they were not consistent in their walk. They were not waiting on God. Whereas Joshua and Caleb were waiting on God. They were consistent. While they were waiting, they were consistently walking with God in that wilderness, in that desert. They were walking faithfully before God. And out of all of those people, God had to choose Joshua and Caleb to reach the promised land, the land God had for them. Only two made it, church. The rest of them perished, including the leader, Moses perished, because they were not willing to wait on God. They were not willing to wait on His instructions. They were not willing to be obedient to God. They were not willing to humble themselves before God. And they were constantly disobedience to God. And that's the reason they didn't make it to the promised land. They suffered, suffered miserably. 
and eventually perished in the wilderness. Amen. And that is a condition of many Christians. We perish in the wilderness because we are not consistently walking with God. Amen. We are not consistently walking with God. And that's the problem. God gave me a word this year in January that he's going to do something new in the church. And I was wondering what it is that God is telling that he's going to do new in our church. He gave me the scripture from Isaiah 43 and verse 19. Let me read it to you. Isaiah 43:19. it says, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry waste land. Amen. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. I'm going to make something new. <coughs> that was the promise God gave me regarding the church in January of this year. And I didn't see anything happening for many, many months. And I said, Lord, where is your plan? That you said you're going to do something new. That you're going to bring rivers of blessing. And I'm seeing that God has been faithful to his word, church. All these months, God has been faithful. He has been blessing me. It was a season of wilderness, especially to me as a leader of church after the passing away of Pastor Nunes. It has been a struggle for me. But I remember God gave me a word through my pastor and he said, Sheba, as long as you walk in the wilderness, God is going to bring rivers of blessing in your life. Amen. And God always brought blessing in my life because it was a season of wilderness and I was willing to walk faithfully in the season of wilderness. Amen. So as you're walking in the season of wilderness, God will send rivers of blessings, church. Amen. He will always send rivers of blessing, but the condition is, are you walking consistently? Is the question. Last week, one of my cousins, we had an uh, argument, actually, and she was telling me that uh, you know, God didn't come through in my situation. God didn't fix the problem I was going through. So I don't want to come to church no more. And I told the sister, sister, don't put the blame on God. You have to take your own responsibility. Amen. You have to look at yourself. You have never been consistent. God did a miracle for you. And you have not been consistent. You have not been Grateful to God for the miracle he did. And you have never been consistent in your walk. I believe it was a season of wilderness. And she just gave up on God. And now things have gone worse to the worse. That she's putting the blame on God. And that is what many Christians do. They put the blame on God and they say, Lord, you are the cause of this problem. Lord, you are not doing this. Lord, this is so unfair. I don't deserve it. I'm going through this. I'm going to that. But we forget that what have we done? Have you put a step close to God? Have you been consistently walking with God? Look at Joseph. He was in the prison for many, many years for no fault of his. In the prison. For fearing God, for loving God, he was in the prison. But he never gave up on God. Because of that, God was close to him. And he was successful in the prison. Because of his consistent walk with God and never giving up attitude that Joseph had that God brought him out of prison and the next minute he was the king in charge of the nation of Egypt. He has the highest position in that nation and God used Joseph to save his family. God used Joseph not only to save his family but to the, to the nation of Egypt. God used him to display his power and glory. Why? Because Joseph was not willing to give up on God in the season of his wilderness. And here we are that we keep uh, complaining to God. And we forget that we are not consistently walking with God. We never analyze ourselves. And sometimes you have to ask God, Lord, is there anything wrong in me that is delaying the plans that you have for me? Is there anything that I'm doing that is displeasing in your eyes, Lord? If it is, Show me. 
and help me. We have to pray in the truth because the truth will set us free. So whatever conversation you have with Jesus, whatever prayers you pray, pray it in the spirit of truth. Humbling yourself. Many people don't want to humble themselves before God. If you go to 2 Chronicles 7.14, it's saying, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. If you want God to heal our land, if, God, if you want God to heal your situation, if you want God to heal your circumstances, your finances, your marriage, you have to humble yourself. That's the number one quality of a person that God is pleased with, is humbleness. I was sharing with one of the pastors last, last week about why God chose Moses out of the whole world to lead his children, Israelites, was because of his humbleness. It says in the, in, in the word that Moses was the meekest man in the whole world. He was the most humble person. And because of that, God selected him to be the leader. If you want to be a good leader in your family, a good father, a good mother, a good son, you have to, you have to humble yourself before God. When you humble yourself before God, He is going to raise you as a perfect leader to lead the children in the right direction. Jesus humbled himself to the point of a shameful death on the cross. And because of his humbleness, God placed him in the right hand, gave him the right position, is going to rule the world for eternity to eternity. Amen. So it all depends on us. Are we humbling ourselves or are we walking faithfully in the season of wilderness? Amen. I remember this uh, sister, God gave a word that your son will not do a jail time. But the condition is he has to walk faithfully. And God gave the word in our church. But we forget. We forget the blessings of God in our life. And when God gave this word, he was already blessing them. And they went away from God. And things are getting worse and worse and worse. Because we forget the faithfulness of God. What he did in the past, the miracle he did in the past, the blessing he did in the past, he's the same God who can do it all over again. And we forget what all good things God did in the past. We forget the faithfulness of God. All the answered prayers, the miracles God did, we forget. And that is what is displeasing in the eyes of God. And that is what he told the Israelites. If we go to Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse from 4 to 6, it says, Listen to the word of the Lord, people of Jacob, all you families of Israel. This is what the Lord says. What did your ancestors find wrong with me that led them to stay so far from me? They worshipped worthless idols only to become worthless themselves. He's telling them, what have I done that you are running to worthless idols? You have seen my miracle. I fed you in the wilderness. I divided the Red Sea right in front of you. I provided water from the rock. I did such great miracles and still you are running to a worthless idols only to become worthless like them. And that is what many Christians do. They come to church, they get blessed, they get answers to their prayers, they get great miracles God does and boom, they're gone. And the next Sunday they're not there in the church. And they run to different places. When God speaks to you in a particular place, that is the place that you're called to be. God works in different churches in different ways. God is the head of every church. But if God has spoken to you in a particular church, it could be any church. But select the church, be in the church where God has called you. And where God is speaking to you in that church, that is the church God has for you. And that is where you are growing. That is where a transformation takes place in your life. 
That is where your sins are forgiven. That is where your addictions are broken. Because you are in the right place at the right time. And that brings blessings in our life. And we run from God. We forget all the faithfulness God, faithful, faithfulness of God and the miracles of God. We forget. And we run from places to places, churches to churches. Just like the Israelites running towards worthless idols. And becoming worthless themselves. Because they have forgotten the faithfulness of God. Same chapter, verse 32, it says, Does a young woman forget her jewelry or a bride her wedding dress? Yet for years on end, my people have forgotten me. Amen. He's saying that my people have forgotten me. They have forgotten all the good things that I've done, all the miracles I've done, all the answers to the prayers that they have prayed. I have answered all those prayers. And yet they're running here and there because we're running in our own understanding. We're not willing to humble ourselves and say, yes, Lord, this is the place for me because you have spoken to me in this place. You have given me a promise in this place. This, you, have, you have blessed me in this place. You have transformed my situation in this place. And they forget. Today I'm a transformed person. My past was not good. But God brought me to this church, the house of God. How do I know that? Because I heard the voice of God telling me clearly. When I was so unwilling to go to this church, God said, Sheba, you need to go because you need healing from inside. There were things that God had to touch and heal me and to set me free. And when I started coming to church, God started cleansing me. God started healing me. And today I'm a transformed person. I can tell that very proudly because God is using me to preach his word. Not only in the house of God, but in other churches, God is opening doors for me to go and preach because that shows the result of a transformed life. Look at Joseph in the prison. He never gave up on God. It was a season of wilderness for me when Pastor Nunes passed away, but I never uh, forgot God. I never forgot His faithfulness. And I, I will never ever want to be in a place where I forget God. I always remember God has come through in the past and is going to come through again. And God is opening doors. God is opening great and mighty doors for me. Why? Because I was willing to wait on God and not to use my own understanding church. It is in the season of waiting where your faith is tested and your character is built and there's a transformation that takes place in our life. When problems come, we want to give up on God. Hence, we never reach the full perfection in Christ where God is ready to bless our lives and use our life to touch others and bring them to the true knowledge of Christ. Amen. Hence, it's very, very important to be steadfast in our walk with God while we are waiting, while we are in a season of wilderness, it is very crucial to have a steadfast walk with God. Like Joseph in the prison, God fulfilled the plan he had for Joseph. And what dream Joseph had when he was a little boy, God fulfilled that. He was blessed. He became the second commanding in chief to the king of Egypt. He had all the power and authority and God blessed him. God blessed that nation of Egypt because of Joseph and God used Joseph to bless his family. His same brothers who sold him into slavery, God used Joseph to bless his brothers and his family. Amen. Why? Because Joseph was willing to wait upon God even in the season of wilderness. So coming back to my title, God's delay is not denial. As I shared, God is delaying because He expects us to wait on Him. He wants us to put our complete trust on Him. He doesn't want us to trust in our own understanding, but to lean on Him completely because He is the source of strength. He is the source of success. He is the source of our provision. So He's calling us to wait upon Him. Amen. And I, I want to close with this last scripture, James chapter 1, 
verses from 2 to 4, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Amen. So this is what James is telling. Consider it pure joy when you're going through sufferings. Because when you're going through sufferings, that is when you're getting strong, your faith is being tested, and your character is built, where your endurance is developed, and you become perfect, complete, needing nothing. And the finished product is a transformed life, like Joseph. Amen. From a prison cell to the king of Egypt, God changed the situation in just one day. God changed every situation, everything in, in Joseph's life. Why? Because he was willing to be faithful to God in the season of wilderness. Amen. So consider it joy, church. Consider it joy when you're going through a season of suffering because your character is being built. Your faith is, is being tested and it's getting stronger. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11, 6. So the reason why God is delaying is because He wants us to trust in His timing. He wants us to wait upon Him. Because when you're waiting, yes, you're being strengthened. You're, you're being uh, changed. You're being transformed into a new person. Your character is being built. And God is going to use the end product for His glory. Amen. So as I shared, God's delay is not God's denial. So be willing to wait upon God and be willing to submit to God and to His timing. And that is when we experience the blessings and the plans and the purposes that God has for our lives. Amen. So that's the message. Hope it brings blessings to all those who are listening on the podcast and those on the conference. 